don't know this, then you're behind the times. The only metric that matters is convenience. Rules apply to you. Suddenly you're an advertiser. It's March 30th and time for your Social and Six update, coming to you remotely from our homes. As always, we're bringing you the six most important news stories for the ever-changing landscape. To fill you in on the news you might have missed and, of course, give you plenty to talk about in our Facebook group. So without further ado, let's get started. First up, WhatsApp usage is up by 70%. I can't imagine anyone will be surprised by this stat from Kantar. We've seen activity on social surge across the board for every platform, especially for messaging apps. In Italy, it was reported that group calls across Facebook and Messenger have been up 1,000% since the lockdown there came into effect. And as for WhatsApp, they've been doing a lot to fight misinformation on their front, including working with the World Health Organization to launch an information hub. Now, we also got a first look at a new tool that will prompt users to upload text they've sent to Google to fact check them. I think if you read between the lines, memes have surely played a part in this uptick. I don't know about you, but I think I'm in something like 10 new group chats with family members and friends, and the memes have been flying around nonstop. Obviously, COVID-19 is not a laughing matter, but as I mentioned previously in an article I wrote for The Drum, shameless plug, you can find it on my LinkedIn, laughter is getting ordinary folk like me through this. There's going to be an impact on the back end of this, but I do think there will be strong retailers that emerge, potentially even taking additional market share. Eve, can you tell us more about Facebook's pandemic ad spend dip? Yeah, Facebook usage is through the roof right now, thanks to many of us being housebound, but that doesn't necessarily mean Facebook is having an easy time of the pandemic. Mark Zuckerberg is reportedly very concerned that this pandemic and its effect on the economy is taking a toll on the advertising industry. It is a bit ironic that usage is up. I mean, messaging alone is up by 50%. But a side effect of this has also been a slump in ad spend because really now should be the best time to invest in advertising. While, you know, a huge amount of attention is there, there's low competition and the cost of reach is lower than usual right now as well. So Facebook said, our business is being adversely affected like so many others around the world. We don't monetize many of the services where we're seeing increased engagement. And we've seen a weakening in our ads business in countries taking aggressive actions to reduce the spread of COVID-19. So it could be that they might try to monetize these spaces now, having learned how important they are to people. Um, and Facebook isn't the only one either. Twitter is showing a decline in revenue as well, which has led to it forecasting a loss for this quarter instead of the 8% increase that was expected. Zoom has revolutionized the way teams communicate. Next up now, Zoom has been criticized for sharing its user data with Facebook. Yes, I really wanted it to be all positive stories, but so many of us have turned to video conferencing apps, not just Google Hangouts, but services like House Party and in particular Zoom. But a motherboard investigation from Vice has put them under some criticism, unfortunately. According to their findings, Zoom is probably one of a few apps sharing data with Facebook secretly. Now, what that data is, we don't know, but part of the controversy has been that there isn't anything in Zoom's privacy guidelines highlighting this. That news will surely irk some users, although I'd imagine many of us have come to expect this sort of clandestine behaviour. I've not heard anything from Zoom in response to the news yet, but I think many users will have questions, especially as it impacts people without Facebook accounts as well. 
Now we're going to pause for a moment there to share a bit of insight that was shared on our own internal workplace ever-changing landscape group. Now this was from Mike Blake Crawford and in relation to the news that seven major brands including Uber Eats and Amazon have actually upped their social media spend despite the coronavirus pandemic. Yeah so it's a really interesting comment here from Mike basically saying for him it's a smart move. If your obvious sensitivities are put to the side you've got your attention on social at an all-time high while there's a low volume of competitor messaging and a lower cost of reach given the drops in overall spend and most importantly you have an audience now with heightened sensitivity so should you get your message right it's guaranteed to travel very very far obviously knowing how algorithms work of course not every brand right now will have the luxury of advertising through the crisis but if we go back in time to world war one and world war two kellogg's and m&s were renowned for carrying on their usual advertising pivoting the messaging to fit people's emotions at the time and came out the other side stronger than ever Thanks, Mike, for letting us share that insight. Very useful information there. Now, if you'd like to hear your voice on the Social Minds podcast, then feel free to send your voice notes into the usual email address, which will be there in the show notes of this episode. But if, like me, you hate the sound of your own voice, feel free to send us a question on the Social Minds Facebook group, just right in there, and then we'll have a look in the week and see what we can answer. This Vietnamese dancer's catchy hand-washing video has almost 3 million views and TikTok users across the globe creating their own coronavirus memes. Next up, the coronavirus quarantine has driven a global boom in TikTok downloads. Yeah, one platform that seems to be actually winning the apocalypse, of course, is TikTok. Honestly, we wouldn't expect anything else at this rate. It's experiencing a huge surge in app downloads, which are up by 18% week on week, and that's just in the US. Its gross revenue was also up 34% last week. And this is not just happening in America either. Global downloads are up 12% and there's been a huge growth from inside lockdown countries like Italy, where downloads have increased by 35%. Now, it's interesting to me that video streams seem to be up across the board when music streams are down. And aside from factors like no commute to listen to the music on, this tells me that passive entertainment and media isn't enough for people right now. People are actively seeking to be sucked into a completely different reality. They want to be entertained. They want to join in what everyone else is doing, like TikTok. They want comic relief. And lots of them want to try their hand at creating too, because they have more spare time on their hands. So needless to say, it's a great time to be a TikTok star. Now, Snapchat has turned to trivia to fight fake news. Theo, what can you tell us about that? Yes, I've obviously been covering the news a lot lately for Social Chain, and COVID-19 has really dominated, as you'd imagine. But it's also been interesting to see the response from apps outside of the Facebook bubble, like Snapchat. Now, they caught my eye in particular for the way they've been rallying against fake COVID-19 news. They've been using augmented reality and in particular a new filter that's complete with quiz questions. Meanwhile, another tool comes from an app called Zenly, which is a map and location-based platform that Snapchat owns. So they've gamified staying home by launching a leaderboard to reward those in your friends list who can stay at home the longest. Definitely worth checking out. So what co-watching does is allow you to start a video chat with your friends and then anyone who's part of that video chat can share any pictures or video 
from Instagram. Oh, I saw this one myself, Eve. Instagram launches co-watching of posts during video chats. Yeah, well, obviously lots of us are now looking for new ways to spend virtual time with our friends and family. And the platforms have picked up on that. Instagram in particular is adapting very quickly to meet those needs with new features. And the latest example of this is co-watching, which essentially lets users share their feeds with friends while they're on a video call. So it's basically screen sharing. And this change won't just benefit users. You know, if well used, it has the potential to drastically increase dwell time because obviously people are more likely to hang out for longer when they're chatting to friends. And dwell time is a very lucrative metric for platforms. You know, as I mentioned earlier, Facebook's revenue is declining due to a dip in ad spend. So Instagram might be able to help out here. It definitely wouldn't be the first time. Co-watching is a very smart feature as well, really, because it could also cause people to add more posts to their safe collections in order to show their friends. So increasing the use of that feature, as well as the time spent in video calls themselves. Our video calls, of course, have the power to pull people into the app, leaving it to the users to attract other users to Instagram and sort of do the work for them. Now, new features made for a world where none of us are in the same room is definitely a symptom of the COVID-19 quarantine. But co-watching could remain a really powerful feature long after this is over for those reasons. It's also very nice to see that social networks are, for the first time in a long time, prioritizing inclusive features over opportunities for ad inventory. Eve, I'm so glad you brought up that co-watching feature because it's been turning into a bit of a kind of Marmite tool, really. I've seen a lot of debate around the office and on social as well. I completely agree with you. I think it's a really, really smart move from Instagram for one. And I just think, you know, in terms of discoverability, you know, being able to sort of look at what your followers see in the feed is like, you know, a massive opportunity for Instagram and for brands who advertise there and whatnot. And as well as that, I also think that, you know, Stories has been having so such a sort of limelight moment that the feed for me it's sort of been kind of you know left to kind of uh I wouldn't say fester, but it's been in the shadows a little bit. So maybe this will bring back a lot more intrigue to it, or at least I've been telling people that. Yeah, it will be interesting to see. I mean, I'm interested to see how it affects like messaging and dark social, because normally that's what people use to share posts with their friends. Um, And people do use stories for that function as well, obviously. You know, if they see a funny post in the feed, they'll hit the share to story button and and post it that way. Um, But yeah, it makes sense that they would cater to that sort of desire for people to want to uh, share and what their friends are looking at, and especially right now what they're laughing at as well definitely and it's interesting as well that you mentioned that uh dip in ad spend for even facebook and instagram you know because we're so used to seeing them be so buoyant you know no matter what's happening across the industry but yeah it just goes to show that even they've been affected as well and i think you hit the nail on the head quote from facebook earlier in the week basically saying that you know, a lot of the features where they are obviously seeing the rise, you know, there's there's not really any monetization behind them. So, you know, they're affected like everybody else. Yeah, definitely. I mean, with your WhatsApp story as well, we're seeing usage just surge like across the board, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the platforms can make more money out of that um, or just that alone, which is why we're seeing new features come into play. Um, and it's not a bad thing at all. You know, like um, co-watching, some of these features will meet needs that people already have and will continue to have. So I think it's overall quite a positive thing for their development really. I agree. I, I, I do think that they've been really, really smart throughout all of this. I know maybe smart's not the right word. I think they've been quite philanthropic. They've showed a lot of um, you know responsibility during this COVID-19 outbreak. And a lot of the features I've seen from them kind of, uh, you know, look to restore a lot of faith in big tech that actually, mm. you know, maybe where governments are falling short and, uh, you know, organiz- yeah. organizations can't get 
the information they need to quick enough. Big tech's definitely been bridging that gap. And, you know, fake news aside, it's obviously played a big role. Yeah, there, no, there is there is a, like, a motive to it as well. Because I remember when this um, like first sort of exploded in the news, Mark Zuckerberg gave a press conference, I think it was, don't hold me to that, um, basically speaking about what Facebook were going to do to respond to it and what their concerns are, um, you know, how they're going to help. And um, the Bloomberg reporter who was on it, um, and, you know, where I saw the story on Twitter said that he was visibly really concerned about people's mental health because that's been a concern for them already. And that seems to be the sort of biggest weakness to their business is that, you know, they're making people unhappy. And um, Facebook is very worried about the effect that will have on users and on his business if people are more depressed than usual under um, isolation. Massively. You mentioned mental health there. I actually saw yet another story about it. There's so many stories in this COVID-19 pandemic. pandemic. But yeah, <laughs> yet, yet another story that said, uh, you know, Facebook's moderators, for instance, it said that Mark Zuckerberg was personally worried about them and their mental health because it couldn't yeah. give the same protections that, that it does to uh, freelancers as it does to its usual staff. So they were going to make a lot of their workforce permanent, you know, particularly the people yeah. that they contract those duties out to. Yeah, I know. I saw that as well. I think it's a really good move from them. But, you know, again, it's like that should have been done before and maybe now it'll stick afterwards. But we'll see. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yes, thank you. And hope you're staying safe and sane at home. Exactly. We'll see you next week with more news stories for the ever-changing landscape. All the best for now. Bye for now. This has been the Social Minds Podcast with myself, Theo Watts, Eve Young, and produced by Ollie Thompson. 